Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider. Call me Spider-Man! I want that ball-crawling arachnid prosecuted! I'm Spider-Man. I want him strung up by his web! Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man! Hello, true believers. Welcome to the Spider-Man Book Club. This podcast is all about... Uh, digging into the library of everyone's favorite wall-crawling menace and his vengeful corner of the Marvel Universe. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, I am your host, J.J. Hodges, and back on the show after a long hiatus uh, is Nick Zednick. Our beloved Zeddy is back. Thank you so much for joining me today, sir. Hey, happy to be here. Long hiatus on the show, but constantly always talking, my friend. What a what oh, yeah. a busy crazy holiday season! But you know one thing's for sure is that podcasting never sleeps. It's it's true, even though I try. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know it's but it's all it's all good though because this is a great way to get in touch with friends and uh, in some cases family. Usually just friends. My family doesn't podcast with me much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, mine neither. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel so alone anymore. Okay. Um, so today we are talking, what if Peter Parker became the Punisher, which was released in October, 2018, written by Carl Potts, art by Juanin, Juanin uh, Ramirez, colored by Rachel Rosenberg, lettered by VCs, Travis Lanham. Oh, I guess that's it. I guess Juanin did the, uh, uh, inks and pencils. Good for him. Um, I assume it's a him. It might be a she. I apologize if that if I'm misgendering anyone. Um, but anyway, uh, so part of our what if stuff. Um, so Zeddy, you being a big uh, DC guy, I think you'll appreciate this. I've had conversations with other guests about the what if stuff, and uh, we've come to. And, and the fun thing about it to me is that you know DC has its own version of it, which is you call it Elseworlds, Black Label whatever right you know they change the title every couple of years um what's interesting to me is that when you talk about what if on the marvel side it's very deliberately like in this case what if peter parker became the punisher so what if spider-man essentially what if spider-man used guns right mm -hmm. which is you know when but when dc does a what if they're not afraid to just say something outrageous like what if you know Batman fought Jack the Ripper. You know, it's just mm -hmm. it, it's it's a whole other ball game. Um, what? How do you how do you see the different you know quote unquote multiversal what if stories on on either side of the mm -hmm. the aisle? You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Like as as you just mentioned, I'm more of a DC Comics like purist just in general. Like DC Comics was always like my bread and butter growing up, but I did my fair share of like. You know Marvel with Spider-Man, X-Men, Fantastic Four, some Daredevil here and there. Uh, but yeah, I think mainly when you're talking about these what-if Elseworlds kind of stories, I think DC is the ones that we've kind of known to grow to love to appreciate the more creative avenue of storytelling. Like, you know, like a, something like a Superman Red Sun wouldn't exactly be on my radar right. as far as uh, a what-if, something I would like to imagine. But um, it made for a unique 
uh, story nonetheless. Whereas, you know, something on the Marvel side, like you just said, you know, what if Peter Parker became the Punisher? Now, that's something that's interesting because it's two characters that have interacted before, but it's not really something that you really think about um, at the same time, which makes it kind of more of an interesting read, if that makes sense. Uh, for sure. Um, and I think what I what I like about the, the what if stories is that they range from slightly left of center or right of center to outrageous, <laughs> you know, in a lot of cases, um, mm-hmm. which I think that the, the TV series did a good job of last year. You know, like what if, you know, there were zombies, you know, what if there, you know, the Ant-Man and the Wasp had brought back zombies from the quantum realm or whatever, with the zombie virus, whatever. Um you know, or what if Ultron had won, you know, so slightly, slightly, for lack of a better word, I don't mean this as a knock, slightly basic type of stories, but, Mm -hmm. but also interesting because once you kind of can get away from the, um, uh, the canon, I guess, you know, when you can break the canon, uh, you know, like, uh, Miles and like Miguel accuses Miles of and across the Spider-Verse, um, (laughs) Still salty about all that. Uh, <laughs> not going to get into it. I've gotten into it other episodes. We're not going to. We're not going to get into it today. But the canon uh, events very controversial. JJ, come on now. <laughs> it's <laughs> you know, it's just it's Miguel being a being a bastard in my opinion. Yep. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I, uh, I I think that there's such a a, a unique uh, freedom with these stories, you know. So anything goes, you know, so anybody, you know, basically anybody can, can die or in this case uh, live. Right. You know, cause mm-hmm. kind of the, the twist in the story is that Gwen survives, um, which I found to be uh, really kind of um, really fascinating in a weird, um, uh, like, you know, maybe P- if Peter, you know, didn't have an aversion to guns or killing, maybe uh, Gwen would have survived. You know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> such a such an interesting thought. Um, but um, what I wanted to ask you, you know, you're big. You're you know one of the biggest Superman fans I know. Um, you know, a big DC guy. The most of the DC heroes, from what I can tell, have more of a, a you know the, the moral code. Like if they have any rule, it's we don't kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not true of all of them, of course, but, um, you know, most of them, like, you know, Flash, Superman, Batman, um, you know, even Green Lanterns to an extent, although they're allowed to, they don't, they try not to. Um, but, uh, and then on the Marvel side of things, you have like Spider-Man and usually Captain America, but some of the other characters don't mind a little bit of bloodshed, you know, especially when it comes to the Punisher. Where do you, where do you stand with uh, with that kind of, moral code um do you prefer the characters to be you know to kind of stick to their convictions or you know do you mind does a character like the punisher bother you you, you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah no i i think you know what what makes these what if stories so fascinating is that you can it offers a more nuanced way of storytelling meaning that like if you aren't like say you're not like an active comic book reader or you know you've never really delved into comics before I think like something like a what if story actually might benefit somebody like if they want to just pick up a random book of, uh, you know, say of a, a random what if story of Punisher or Spider-Man or Batman, Superman, you know, like whatever the case may be. And you like the story, but you kind of prefer more of a traditional approach. 
that could kind of be like your gateway into you know diving into more you know traditional aspects of the character but if you had asked me like 10 15 years ago you know would i prefer um some creative liberties with these characters i probably would have said no but I think, like, especially, like, as we've gotten, you know, with more stuff coming out, as we've gotten older, I think we could appreciate, you know, different avenues of trying to tell uh, different stories with, with the characters that we love. I think as long as the moral construct of that character is still intact, I don't mind a creative liberty being intact. Like, you know, like, like if something goes against their code, like, if it's like Superman would never, ever do this or Spider-Man would never, ever do this. That I kind of have a problem with, but if it's something like a mixed match of uh, different personalities, or you know, the the world just looks a little bit different, I'm okay with that. I, you know, I I agree with you. It's um, you know, because I guess it's all in service of the story, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and what you know, and that was really honestly one of my favorite parts of um, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home was that Peter you know, desperately wanted to save everybody. You know, he said, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not comfortable sending them back just to die. Um, I thought that, that rang so true to Peter's character for me. Um, and, and not that it had never been discussed in the other movies or whatever. It, I, well, I mean, technically it hadn't, but I think what worked about it was that it was outright stated that he's not going to kill anybody. And it even says it in homecoming. He's like, I don't want to kill anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. And you know the the only kind of the the only time I I let that slide was at Endgame, right? When he you know had to get through the horde of you know monsters to you know get the Infinity Gauntlet away. Mm -hmm. I was like I was like I'm okay with that because those are just kind of mindless nothing monsters, you know. Um, but when it's like henchmen or stuff, then I'm a little bit like no, nah, I I don't think Peter would do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Um. And and I think it's a. Uh, it's an important distinction to have from the, the heroes to the villains. And um, don't get me wrong. I love the Punisher. I think he's a great character. Um, I, I don't know what they're doing. There's some new Punisher now, which I don't understand, uh, but <laughs> I, I don't remember his name. He's like an ex shield agent, I think in the comics now. Um, Makes but, sense. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> uh, and, and maybe the story is great. I, I don't know, but yeah. um, it, you know, it, to me, it's like, I think when you get a great writer, to to do a great story like Greg Rucka's run on uh, the Punisher from I want to say like 2010 2011 something like that uh, is brilliant but of course you know Greg Rucka it's going to be great mm -hmm. um, but I think you know what what's great about a story like this in particular is that this isn't you know this isn't like crazy Peter Parker this isn't Peter just killing bad guys for the sake of killing bad guys. Like this is like I said, just a little left of center, right? He's he's gonna if you're attacking him, if you're hurting people, then he's gonna go after you, and he's not gonna hold back. Mm -hmm. And th that I strangely kind of liked, you know, like mm -hmm. it's um, because I never felt like, uh, and some of these stories do go wild and crazy, which is totally fine, but um, in this one, it it still felt pretty peter parkery you know what i mean <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. yeah no i think um honestly like as i was like reading this like i like i honestly had to go back to like what my first interaction with the punisher even was and then what my first interaction with punisher and spider-man was and i always go back mm -hmm. to like that one episode of spider-man the animated series where they're um mm -hmm. where punisher shows up and i believe they're hunting morbius yeah so oh. like you know 
think yeah, so. I think so. It's um, yeah, because he has spider slayers. It's one of the two. Well, yeah, because yeah. he, I think he has six arms in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because then like because yeah. then Blade shows up later. So I think at first it's hiding funny. the Spider-Man version of yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The spider version of Spider-Man, <laughs> right? And the, the man spider, yeah, yeah, the man spider one, yeah. So. Right. Um, I guess like, you know, like, like where I'm going back to is that, you know, the, the characters, I think what I said in the beginning is that they couldn't be more different. So like the pairing, I think is, is what's, is what's snap, uh, it's what fascinating to me altogether. I mean, even like the, the way that the suit looks in the comic, um, mm -hmm. actually looks pretty cool. I mean, yeah. not, not gonna lie. I mean, I never would have imagined a Punisher logo on a Spider-Man suit or more or less a version of the black suit, which kind of looks like the. Tobey Maguire one from Spider-Man though, if we're being a little bit blunt. <laughs> sure, um, just sure. what just what a Punisher logo slapped on the way. Um <laughs> actually looks pretty cool too, because it's it's like um it's almost like a unique way of uh tackling the black suit in Spider-Man 2, even. You know? Yeah. Um I it, it this was definitely a story that I I remember hearing about like for you know, it's, it's about five years old and um, and just the title alone, you know, if Spider-Man mm -hmm. became the Punisher, Peter Parker became the Punisher, uh, already intrigued me, you know, because, you know, you're, you're already setting up, okay, so it's what if, so, you know, the rules are gone. Um, but, but, well, I mean, like, ish, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, cause I think that the, the best ones are the, uh, of these what if stories have been the ones that aren't afraid to, uh, or I shouldn't say, or afraid that are that have some restraint. So this isn't just Peter being uh, a murderous psycho, you know, and, mm -hmm. and not that the Punisher is, uh, which is what's interesting about him. But it, it, you can see where this easily could have been. He could have gone mm -hmm. after Jameson. He could have gone after, uh, you know, I don't know, just you know, simple you know, like Harry, crime, anybody, like, yeah, right, like. Mm -hmm. uh, criminals that were, you know, not, not doing anything that bad. Right. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, the cops, whatever uh, it's. So for this, it's much more interesting uh, for him to, to have that restraint to say like, he's only going to kill the bad guys. And he, and he uses the word uh, innocence uh, frequently. He's like, you know, they're, you know, these guys are harming innocence, which felt very Frank Castle ish to me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think I also love that the, like again, like in like like we've been talking about too. Like the 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 main moral code of who and what makes Spider Man is still intact throughout the story, mm -hmm. which I think makes it um, makes it a great read, even for me. Like not to get like jump too far ahead. I mean, like you know, you got the tagline, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Like that's the first thing that you see when you open this book, and it's used mm -hmm. multiple times throughout this book as kind of like um, as like a template for Spider Man, right? Like like you know, he's constantly juggling you know, what that means, you know, and whether or not Uncle Ben is still right, even after all these years. Um, and I kind of like that approach to it, too, right, where it's like, you know, you can keep Spider-Man who he is, but, you know, if, you know, I think it's the other thing of, like, you know, parental guidance, you know, while we always may not appreciate it at the time, but as we get older, we can kind of start to understand a little bit more, but then it kind of gets a little bit more challenging even even as we get older. So I kind of like that aspect, too, Um is using the Uncle Ben line to sort of challenge Spy Spider Man's morality a mm -hmm. little bit. I I hundred percent with you. I love you know that it, it's it's kind of the you can't appreciate something till it's gone sort of a feeling. Mm -hmm. Um and and that's definitely Peter with Uncle Ben, you know. 
Uh, and I think that the first, like the, the first film, the first Raimi film captures that perfectly, you know, um, where, you know, they have this big fight and then it, it ends with, and then he doesn't really even get to apologize or anything to him. Um, but I think what, uh, but I love how this version, you know, he says, I have this great power, I have this responsibility and he's going to, and, but in this case, the responsibility is I have to keep everyone safe. I have these powers. I can keep them safe. And therefore, but he's going to do it with through lethal means as opposed to kind of, you know, uh, defensive means, you know what I mean? Like uh, mm -hmm. not just because uh, Spider-Man isn't an overtly aggressive character. And even in this, he's not yeah. very aggressive. You know, he's not seeking out the villains when they come up. That's when he fights them. Mm -hmm. Um and even even at first, he doesn't even want to kill them at first. He just realizes that, you know, kind of the the revolving door at you know, uh, you know, uh, Ravencroft or whatever. I was going to say <laughs> Blackgate mm -hmm. or, or uh, Arkham Asylum. I was like, that's wrong. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> that's the wrong universe. But um, <laughs> I still maintain that somewhere in the Marvel multiverse is the DC universe. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> but. Um, I and even that I it endeared me more to the story because I felt like oh so this isn't you know this this is my Peter still he's just he's not crazy he's not even really angry he's just trying to he's just doing what he does trying to do the right thing and mm. it makes it makes for honestly it, that I think makes for a much more interesting story than if he had just you know flown off the deep end as Frank Castle kind of has in the past right <laughs> yeah well no i mean like like that's what's um i mean like what if peter parker became the punisher like that's again i keep going back because like you know why frank castle becomes the punisher is because his family was killed by a mobster essentially right and he, can, he can't get over that so instead of resolving you know letting the police resolve it he just decides to become a vigilante essentially mm -hmm. right and then when you think of the punisher well he's pretty much batman without a mask you know <laughs> but a little bit probably more violent I, yeah. I would say, depending, I guess, what version of Batman and Punisher, I guess. You, a little, you, little Frank you Miller, Batman. Yeah, a little Black <laughs> Miller, Batman. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I like that, especially too, like all the uh, traditional ways of Spider-Man's origin are even still intact here, right? Like mm -hmm. Spider-Man decides to become more or less the punishing Punisher version um, of himself was because he still allows the same thief to go and kill Uncle Ben, but in this case, instead of, you know, the typical gunshot going off in the street, Uncle Ben just happens to be there. It's the mm -hmm. thief robbed the house and then killed Uncle Ben. So that's right. what's interesting too is that Peter blames himself that instead he could have been there, but he wasn't. So he right. kind of uses that as kind of like a means to an end, uh, to sort of initiate a more harsher form of justice. I would say. And, and even the the idea of he still becomes the the photographer and taking pictures and yep. uh, and Jameson it's it's funny Jameson is is you know when he because he still calls Spider Man a menace throughout this yeah. whole thing right um, which Something which I kind of <laughs> you know but I I kind of dug that that yeah. uh, I because I think that would have been another uh, it, it would have felt kind of in a weird way would have felt kind of lazy just to have Jameson be on Spider-Man's side this time. Mm -hmm. You know, again, this, this story, you know, Carl Potts having some restraint saying, well, we're keeping everything pretty much the same. Again, we're just, we're off center a little bit. And Peter is 
He's still taking pictures. He's making money. And, and I even like the way he says it, he's like, I, I almost feel bad taking credit, you know, or getting a paycheck for these guys being, you know, or for killing these guys almost. And it's just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, and it shows a, a stark difference there between how, you know, Frank Castle would have done it versus how Peter Parker does it. Because mm-hmm. to me, it, it feels like this isn't, you know, just Frank Castle with Peter Parker's brain, you know, or, or vice versa. Um, you know, it, it, it's still very much Peter Parker. And there's, and there's a funny bit with, um, you know, even when they uh, have the double date between MJ and Harry and, uh, and, and Peter and Gwen, and he says, Oh, you know, we've, you know, we came here months ago and Mary Jane's like, I've never been here. And he's like, Oh, you know, (laughs) that's how much he loves you is he's replacing his memories of his girlfriends with you. And um, it it just, (laughs) you know, uh, I, I loved that because that felt like something that might've been from like the sixties or seventies stories that they were writing um, (laughs) versus, uh, you know, uh, just having Peter just like sulk in the corner and just be like, you know, oh, the, the, you know, like like Rorschach or something, right? <laughs> you know, like, you yeah. know, this, the city's afraid of me. I've seen its face or anything like that. It's it's not, you know, he doesn't. He's still he's still our Peter, you know, for the most mm-hmm. part. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what it reminds me of? It's like when you when you're going to like a like a family's or it's probably probably applied more so to me when I was younger. Like like whenever like we you would go to like a, a relative's house or whatever and your parents like okay you gotta say this this and this to you know so and so so just to like cover your tracks whatever like just say you went there or say you did this or whatever. Sure. And then like one of your family members doesn't go along with it. So then it looks awkward. Makes it seem like you're <laughs> lying. So I think that that's kind of like what popped into my head where it's like Peter, Peter didn't get the memo, right? Or <laughs> you know I thought that was funny. Uh, you know, it was a it, it was a good way to include these, uh, you know, the the, uh, the Spider Man supporting characters and and not have them feel shoehorned in or anything because you know sometimes mm-hmm. you know because these stories are pretty much one and dones right they're um, yeah. for the most part they're they're just one you know uh, one like 22, 24 page story a um, mm-hmm. few exceptions here and there some of the more recent stuff. Um, but so there's only so much like real estate you have, you know, to to have kind of a beginning, middle, and end, and and that's sort of the 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 fun the fun of it. And also, I found slightly frustrating sometimes because I'm like, well, what does Peter do after this? You know, like does he become like the traditional red and blue Spider-Man, or does he, uh, mm-hmm. you know, does he just quit altogether? Because it, the story ends with Castle finding his uh, is his costume, right? Um, yeah. So it's like, okay, so the Punisher will live on, <laughs> you know, like the, mm-hmm. the Marvel credit, right. Yeah. would say <laughs> Frank, <Real> Castle, <laughs> Frank Castle will return, um, yeah. which, you know, I, I think he's been confirmed for the Daredevil show, but then again, they're now all of it. I'm not sure if that still applies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I would, I would like to think that he is i mean i don't it seems like they're doing everybody you know but the kitchen sink in that show i mean you know i mean i i know they're kind of like revamping it a little bit but yeah um i would imagine just because i feel like that character was probably the best part about that particular season um mm-hmm. and, and i think john berthold's great and pretty much everything that he's in so i, w- oh. I would just love to see him return in that world just seems like 
there's a lot of that going going around too, and especially with Marvel, I guess appreciating more of the edgier aspects, you know, because yeah. I mean that that's a big creative leap is to finally inject Daredevil into the Marvel uh universe. I, I I would like to see Punisher and I and I think we are ready for that too. I think I will say that. I I agree. Um uh, and I think that you know when you know it's it's funny to me because there's a because I kind of I said something on Twitter the other day about giving Marvel some uh, some crap about you know because there's the Jonathan Majors thing going on and it's like well you know like they're thinking about just ending the Kang storyline and I'm like just recast him like who cares you know like it it's you know these actors don't you know, these characters don't belong to the actors right mm-hmm. it's you know this isn't like a um, you know, like Luke Skywalker showing up in the Mandalorian being played by a different actor, which I also would argue could and maybe should have happened, but they did their de-aging thing. Mark Hamill was on board. <laughs> if that latest, that latest Star Wars rumor about what the next movie is, they're going to have to make a choice real soon. <laughs> it, you know, it's it, it, a lot of it's just, I don't know. But then again, uh, <laughs> but then it's like seeing Hayden Christensen uh, come back as Anakin for you know, Obi-Wan and for Ahsoka. That was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And even showing him do like Clone War stuff. I was like, this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> so, yep. but what if he had said, no, I'm done with that. I never want to do that again. <laughs> you know, who knows? <laughs> um, but regardless, that's a whole other conversation. So uh, all that to say that I hope they keep John Bernthal going as the character, but if they were to recast him, I, I it wouldn't be the end of the world, but mm-hmm. I think he's still around. He's still willing to do it. Um, I never saw the second season of his show. The first season I thought was absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, well, I saw the first like two or three episodes. And mm-hmm. uh, there's also some, you know, about that. Uh, uh, I watched the first couple episodes. I was like, there's something really cool about like religious people who are villainous. I don't know. I, yeah. It just feels so real. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that as a yeah. former church going altar boy. You know, I know. Well, it's it's interesting because I mean I agree. With that. I think the first season of Daredevil is arguably one of the just best pieces of television I think I've ever seen. Just uh, let alone superhero, you know, seasons of television. Season two is like it tries to get you more Daredevil-y. If that makes sense, I mean, like you got Elektra, you got Punisher, mm-hmm. you got more of like a street level gang, you know, with the hand and everything like that. So you still got Kingpin in the fold. There's a lot going on in, in that one. And I can see why it's like the middle of the road. Sure. Uh, for me, but I think season three for me is far and away like, <clears throat> I mean, if there's ever like a peak version of television, I think it's there of superhero television. I mean, like that that season is like phenomenal. I can't praise it enough. Yeah, yeah. It that's the and 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 there you know Marvel was smart to keep, uh, Char- you know, to keep Charlie Cox around. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, I'll never forget like you know we all cheered when. You know, no way home when yeah. all the every they all came back when it was Toby and Andrew and everything. But we cheered just as loud when it was Charlie Cox. You know. Yep. Yeah. Hey, literally, literally when I when I saw Charlie Cox's Daredevil literally beat somebody while sitting in a car, I was like, mm-hmm. "You better keep him around." Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Not even yep. not even John Wick does that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and I think that you know Marvel, you know pretty much for the most part has done spot on casting, you know, like Tom Holland, I think Tom Holland kind of had an uphill battle because he's, he was cast like literally a year after um, uh, the, the last Spider-Man movie with Andrew Garfield. And we, which a lot of people forget. 
Yeah, <laughs> which, which you know, was that was, um, and I don't think it was that controversial, but I think a lot of us, me especially, was going, but I kind of wanted Andrew Garfield's version to get kind of mm -hmm. folded in there, but you know, that's all water under the bridge at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but this, you know, but going back to this story, what I really, what I really dug was feeling like this was something that, um, you know, again, being a recent story, but still having elements of the classic Spider-Man in it. Um, what, what works for me is feeling like this could easily be adapted to, you know, the animated series or something, um, mm -hmm. you know, or, or even if there was a, a continuation of this to see like a more vengeful type of Peter, um, not like super crazy, maybe he'd go that route. I don't know, but um, I've always loved the, um, you know, the, you know, as, as much as I love Peter being the the kind of the stickler, like, you know, we don't kill anybody. Um, I, I like the idea that, you know, well, what happens when the characters do go darker, when they mm -hmm. do embrace the, the, that dark side of themselves. And, um, you know, Batman is a, is a fantastic example of that because he's like, you know, he's like that close to it. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to the Joker and I've always accepted what Batman says as being, you know, like, uh, and I think Peter feels the same way. If, you know, if I, you know, take one life, then I'm going to, what's to stop me from doing it over and over again. And, that to me is is that just makes a lot of sense because i mean just think about how many people suffer from addiction you know in our country mm -hmm. around the world even um it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that if peter were to you know kill the guy who kills uncle ben to, to then go all right i have great power i have great responsibility anybody else challenges then i'll kill them too you know what i mean mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, like, why I think it's such a story that is of uh, of connection, I will say, mm -hmm. is that it's still a very human thing to want to feel. Is yeah. that, like, regardless if, you know, if it's Spider-Man, you don't think that Spider-Man shouldn't kill more or less the person that, that killed his uncle. I mean, it's like that same thing. Like, if you were in, you know, the same shoes of Spider-Man and Peter Parker, and that same thing happened to you, you would most definitely want to do the same thing, right? I mean, let's all... Mm -hmm. And, like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to have that feeling. It's just a human feeling to have. Like, it's just kind of, like, it what makes it... It what still makes Spider-Man's origin so fascinating and just relevant, even even after all these years. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like... And even the one thing to your point about, you know, how it's always the Joker that pushes Batman, even in these, like, what-if stories. I mean, you look at something like The Dark Knight Returns, and, you know, it's the Joker that ar arguably pushes Batman to his edge even in that story whether or not you consider that really um an elseworld's take on batman and still the joker that ultimately changes the, the course of batman's life still he's okay. supposed to be a batman in retirement mm -hmm. um versus this one it's still the green goblin right mm -hmm. so green goblin and spider-man are always going to be hand in hand with each other and i appreciate that it's ultimately the green goblin that pushes spider-man to be more vengeful yeah uh I, I think the, the, the Green Goblin to me, you know, as, as cliche as it might sound, you know, or basic as it might sound, he, he's one of my favorite characters for a reason, you know. Um, and I think that it's, it's not just kind of the, the, the craziness or the unpredictability of it. it. It is that kind of 
familial bond, right? You know, the idea mm -hmm. that this is my best friend's dad, you know, it, it, it adds for extra drama in the story. It adds, it adds to that emotional reality that really like kicks the story up a notch, you know, because mm -hmm. otherwise it's like, if he was just some crazy guy, then, you know, in no offense to the Joker, but it's like, there, there's not as much invested in that, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I mean, the Joker, there is a lot invested in because the Joker's done horrible things to Batman and the Bat family. <laughs> right. Um, and so that, 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 so that's but it's not like Bruce's best friend to your point. Right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I think the idea of, of Peter having to kind of reconcile with that. And even, you know, he doesn't, and, he, you know, he even says like, you know, he's, he's crazy. He, you know, he, he forgot everything. I'm just hoping this will last and he won't hurt anybody anymore. So he doesn't even kill, you know, when Norman is quote unquote free from the goblin, he doesn't kill him, mm -hmm. which I, you know, I actually forgot when, cause it's been a while since I read this, when I was rereading it, I was like, Oh man, like that, that's so cool that he doesn't kill him right there. Um, mm -hmm. Because again, it, you know, because Frank Castle would have, you know, uh, yeah. either he would have said, I don't believe you, or he would have said, I can't risk this happening again. Um, and, and I think that all would have been great uh, if, if this was like a Frank Castle story, right. But it being a Peter Parker story, he's going to go, no, I'm not going to, uh, he's not a danger anymore. I'm not going to kill him. And then when he comes back, he's like, okay, he's, he's a danger now. I, I have to kill him. Um, really fascinating stuff there. And, and again, it, it like, as, as much enjoyment as I got out of the story, there's a little bit of like a, oh man, like there's, there's so many like because time flows throughout the story. It's like a couple years go by. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm reading this going, man, I wish we could get like fill in the gaps a little bit here, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think like that, that gets to the point of the story where you're, you're starting to wonder if the, the skull that he wears starts to become like the hopeful symbol, you know, mm -hmm. for, for the reason why he's wearing it. It's almost like kind of like the Batman, right? Where it's like biting, in the beginning of the movie, he's very vengeful. He's dark. He's very distant. You know, he's kind of, he wants to hurt people. And then by the end of it, he's he's ultimately helping people. He's seen more in the light. Yes. I think that's kind of like the approach I would look at it too, is that, you know, he kind of defeated his arch nemesis. But kind of like you, I appreciate that in the end, he chose, he still chose not to kill his best friend's dad because he knew that if he did, he would be altering, you know, the reason why he decides to even be, spider-man in the first place while albeit being a more vengeful version of the character he's still spider-man so yeah. you know and then i think he i think he assumed that it's kind of like like you said in the beginning that you know he's not just gonna kill somebody just because he should mm -hmm. he's gonna kill somebody because either he was antagonized or it's personal right so i think like that that's why is that i'm not saying that gangamba is not a personal uh, <laughs> villain of spider-man but it's it's more or less that it was an interesting thing that is this is a what if story anyway so what if he doesn't kill the green goblin like does harry end up still being his best friend like mm -hmm. does norman osborne somehow find a way to, to get over being the green goblin right like it's a bunch of interesting things that you know how it's like by doing one thing you're ultimately preventing 10 other things from happening you know it reminds me of the the first episode we did you know one of the first episodes of the show i think it was the first episode uh was the was our spider-man blue discussion where mm -hmm. you know he in that story he wants you know he he straight up says all right goblin we're finishing this one way or another right. and 
and he and he kind of admits like I, I don't even really know what I meant. Was I willing to kill him? I might have been. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he doesn't have to there. And then he doesn't. And and then ultimately, that decision costs him something later. But in this story, what I liked was that you know he, but he you know if he eventually does kill the Green Goblin. But I it, it's more or less that he's killing the Green Goblin not because. Um, you know, not because like, you know, it's, I should have done this a long time ago or anything like that. It's like, you're, you're attacking my, you know, the woman I love and right. this is the only way to end this. And, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, I, I find, you know, it's, it, there's so much more depth to that than if he had just, uh, you know, it, it, cause he doesn't just kill the goblin cause he killed, you know, he attack he goes after the goblin and rescues Gwen. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, it's, it's still, that's, you know, that's our Peter, isn't it? You know, he's, yep. he's going to do the right thing. He's going to save the person who needs saving. And, and that's what um, excited me about the story. Again, you know, it's, it's not just Peter on a, on a killing spree. He's still looking after people. He's still trying to save people. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I, you know, arguably that's not really what Frank Castle's after, you know, like if he saves people, he doesn't really care if he does, you know, right. Uh, but whereas like Peter, that, that means everything to him. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, like I said, it's stated at one point when he's fighting the sinister six, he's like, I, I let them go and I'm not going to let them go this time. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and that, that just was, um, you know, uh, so you know, like I said, just so much more interesting, uh, rather than, and again, he's not like just going after them in their homes. Like he's right. antagonized. So he's going to fight them as opposed mm-hmm. to just like, you know, uh, like what it was like, like a minority report type of situation, you know, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird, weird movie, by the way. <laughs> Very weird movie, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, at least, at least I think it is. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I like it too that it's, you know, it's the villains ultimately push the hero to the edge, right? And that's mm-hmm. what we've kind of always said is that, you know, at a certain point, when is enough going to be enough? In this case, it was Spider Man took that mantra so early on in his career at least i think we're led to believe he did mm-hmm. um that it makes it all the more fascinating too even um I, I think you i think you said it um not too long ago too i think one of the more uh interesting things that i never considered is that you know i think a lot of the things that we like to see is that you know spider-man or peter parker i should say is such a smart person mm-hmm. and it's always cool when we get to see him like develop his own tech or he gets to um just play with different like web slingers and things like that Mm -hmm. um in this case you know he decided to replace his web shooters with gun bullets right instead (laughs) of shooting shooting web shooters you're shooting guns at people well he does Um, both so that's that's what's kind of cool like that's cool like like shooting web bullets like i never (laughs) thought of thought of that as like an like an like an artillery for Mm -hmm. spider-man but again it, it it fits who this character is in this story um, I just thought that it was interesting because it's not really something that um, I, I pictured, let alone there was maybe a point where I thought it was kind of terrifying, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, but that's well, the, me. Well, you know, the, the cover is striking, you know, where he does like the traditional Spider-Man with his fingers, you know. That's, rest, yeah. And it's like, it's, it's bullets like coming out. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I remember seeing, because I remember seeing the solicits for this, you know, like, like I said, five years ago. And and immediately going like oh that's cool like you know just mm-hmm. uh, playing with the 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 visual you know uh, the visual language of the character 
Um, you know, so already he's in the black suit. He's got the skull on his chest. And, and he's, instead of shooting webs, he's shooting bullets. Um, and I was just like, man, that is like really uh, just like a striking image enough to, that got me excited and wanted to get the book. Mm -hmm. um, and then even, um, but again, you know, in, in the story, uh, he's, he's still, um, you know, he's not, he doesn't really, he doesn't kill him. I don't, I'm pretty sure he doesn't kill anybody with his bare hands. Like he just, he shoots them mm -hmm. all, you know? Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. Which is, uh, which oddly feels like that right for Peter to do, <laughs> you know, like he wouldn't, yeah, it, but it also, there's, you know, I mean, I, I'm very much not at all a, a gun person. I hate guns. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I could talk all day, every day about how cool it is seeing some of these guys get shot and they're killed this way or whatever, you know, but like when it happens in real life, I'm very much like, no, I, if they, yeah. if they come after your guns, I'm not, I don't care. Like, fuck your guns. Like, <laughs> pardon my language, but yeah, <laughs> it, it makes something like John Wick just seem all that more interesting, doesn't it? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's just, you know, I can take the fantasy element of yeah. it, you know, yeah. but to me, it's the same thing as like lightsabers and stuff, you know, it's yeah. like you're, because the Jedi are killing a bunch of people, yeah. right? Well, no, uh, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, to your point, like, literally, I mean, like, John Wick is, like, one of my favorite uh, movies this year, but, like, I remember, like, mm -hmm. I went to go see that movie with my dad, and I think it was, like, an 11 a.m., 11.30 show, which isn't early, but it's early. And then, like, we walked out of the movie, we were like, man, he killed a lot of people in that movie. I'm like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. And we were just like, that's a lot for somebody to take in because the movie's like almost two hours. And for half that movie, he's like killing people, which is insane to me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's that kind of stuff. I can, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a whole other discussion, like, a, you know, mm -hmm. gun, gun violence and everything. And yeah. um, I still personally don't think that there's a correlation between gun violence and entertainment in real life. Um, but yeah, again, that's a, whole other discussion you know, that we don't have time for today um but uh but i will say that you know the, um you know the, this story i i found just so refreshing feeling like you know uh, i i said this to nico when we did our spider shadow episode it's like i sort of secretly like these ones better <laughs> you know like um just because the, the, there is an unpredictability to it and and this story in, in particular, uh, you know, I, I half expected it to be a kind of Peter gets arrested at the end of it, you know, mm. or something like that. Or Peter is killed by the end of it by Nick Fury or Iron Man or something, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I think the story having the restraint to make to make it just left of center with Peter, like this is Peter Parker, you know, and love. He's just doesn't have an aversion to guns or killing. Mm -hmm. Um and I think that it staying true to that was really great. And, and like I said, it, the, the irony being that, you know, that kind of, you know, that Gwen survives in the end. It's like, well, maybe if Peter had been, <laughs> had been a little bit more violent, you know, Gwen would have survived in the 616 universe. Yeah. Um, but maybe we don't want to have that conversation. I don't know. I don't think I want to have that conversation, but it's, it's, it's there, you know, <laughs> she should always stay alive. And that's the bottom line, JJ. That, that you know, I I will say of you know the the biggest sins of the Amazing Spider-Man movies, uh, it, they didn't have to kill Gwen. I just have to say that no. you know there, there's it's like you know I the Waynes, uh, the Waynes, Uncle Ben, you know Howard Stark, you know whatever. Some of these mm -hmm. these characters have to die, uh, 
I don't think Gwen Stacy has to die, you know. Uh, but but then again, you know, the hell do I know? <laughs> A lot. No. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I, I I would say it's it's almost the same thing as like you know, does Superman parents need to die in order for him to become Superman? No, at least I don't think so. You mean um, the, you mean I, the Kents? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Martha and Martha and Jonathan Kent. Yeah. It's like, it's like Joel and Lara probably do need it. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that probably needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, like mainly, mainly like Jonathan Kent, which seems to be like a staple that, that drives me insane. Is that you know he needs to die in order for him to become Superman? But we're not gonna dig into that whole can of worms either. Um. I I think to your credit too, what what also makes this um book that I I had a great read to just um. By the way, too, I know I've said that before, but I think it's just easier too. That's the thing too is you know it's like you're not tied to any specifically uh, specific sort of canon. You know, if you have never read a Spider-Man book and you kind of just think that it looks cool, it's kind of like a cool gateway mm-hmm. um, into just reading an interesting story, right? And like if you didn't like it, no harm, no foul. It's not who the it doesn't have to be who that character is. It could just be that it's an interesting take on that character. Right. Um, and, and it's a cool mix and mash of, of things too, right? Like it's um, something like, you know, that can make for a cool action figure and maybe that's where the idea comes from, you know, or um, something like, you know, the, the suit, which I think looks pretty cool too. Um, yeah. But then you got things of like, you know, the Green Goblin in, in this book looks as comic accurate as he ever, ever has before. The, the, vulture, the vulture looked really cool. Uh, Doc Ock was there, you know, Electro was there. So it's like all the all the elements of, of Spider-Man's lore is still intact. You know, he just he's just a little bit different. And yeah. if that's not the version of the character you like, then at least you can say you read it, you gave it a chance, and maybe you can you can dive into something a little bit more traditional. Yeah, and, and that's how that's how these things uh, I think thrive is, um, you know, because again, like the the what if stories, if if they were all these balls to the wall like crazy things like then they, they wouldn't be interesting. You know, like I said, this one having more restraint, this one being just left of center is far more interesting to me because, you know, it, 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 it's like the, the fun thing about it is that the, the twist was that there was no twist, right? Well, you know, it's like they're mm-hmm. uh, like Peter didn't lose his mind, go crazy, you know? And, and uh, because I think if Gwen had died, maybe he would have, you know? So I think Carl Potts saying, well, no, no, he, he, he's going to save Gwen this time. And mm-hmm. and kill the goblin, and then the story is going to end. You know, for me, I was like, uh, "Wow, okay, that's not what I was expecting." So it, um, and maybe there's readers out there that went, "Nah, it's dumb. I would have preferred if he killed him, or if Peter had gone nuts." And you know, there's there's stories like that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this, you know, this one I I found far more interesting to just be, you know, again sticking to that, you know, because w- what makes a great Spider-Man story is sticking to that mantra of with great power comes great responsibility because, you know, and, and Peter takes that to heart in this case, you know, it, it starts with him. Like my responsibility is to take is to use these powers for good to use my, right. you know, to be a superhero. And he does that in a very, you know, in a very classy way, you know, he's, he's, if he kills anybody, it's because, you know, he, he feels he has to not, right. n- not because he's just a psycho. Um, and then at the end of it, he's like, you know, I, I have a responsibility now to the woman I love. So I don't I don't need this life anymore. And and even that, like, to me, feels like a satisfying ending because I thought, you know, like if, if this is, you know, like Peter's last time as Spider-Man, you can see where it's like I killed the goblin 
and I rescued the woman I loved. I can live happily ever after. It's like, okay, I, I can be on board with that because, mm-hmm. you know, guess who's going to, you know, take up the mantle next is Frank Castle, which I, right. I thought, I thought was a good, uh, uh, you know, if you want to call it a twist, I guess, you know, him, them being like, Oh, the castle family was murdered. And I was like, I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. And then it was like, mm-hmm. but the husband's body was never found, you know? And then, <laughs> and then he finds the thing in the garbage. And I was like, Oh, I was like, Oh, cool. All right. So, you know, we're sort of quote unquote back on track. Right. <laughs> it's a, you know what? It's, it's like the end of like, um, it's like the end of an episode, like a season finale where it's almost like, well, we got 10 minutes left. We better set up the next, like, you know, 24 episodes of, sure, sure. of television, right? Where it's like, okay, nope, this character's still alive. Oh, and this character's going to be the villain. Oh, and this character's still alive, but he's going to be maybe a little bit bad next season, right? So it's like it's like, it's like a train of motion of uh, of things uh, to, to kind of come. But I, I I like your... I like how you approach that too, right? I mean, I have no problem with, especially like in a in an Elseworlds story like this. I mean, I got no problem seeing like if Spider-Man wants to hang it up. I may not necessarily agree with it because I always want him to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the idea that he does get to have like his happy ending because there's a lot of like parallels for me that I caught to from like Spider-Man one and Spider-Man two, like the Raimi films where it's like, mm-hmm. there is like that visual, like towards the end where like he has the suit in like a garbage can kind of like he doesn't Spider-Man two when he wants to hang it up. Right. And it's almost yeah. kind of like the same thing. He tries to be happy, but then he ends up realizing that he can. So, um, in, in this case, you know, he, he gets to finally be with Guan. He gets to graduate college i want to say or maybe it's, it's still high school it, it's college at that point yeah it's college at that point which, which again we didn't really see so like it, it's cool so i i like it personally because it, it, it's again it's like if that's if you want to know that that spider-man's always going to be okay it's a cool way to do it anyway yeah um and, and regardless if you think that you know he should get punished for his actions um that's mm-hmm. a whole nother thing but um I, I personally dug it that the way that they did it yeah yeah yeah, for sure. It it just makes uh you know like you know this the way I've always defended the Dark Knight Rises. It's like we can our heroes allowed to have a happy ending. Like come yeah. on, and and that's just that's one story. The next story is coming up, and right. um, you know like you know with Batman and 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 with Spider Man, it's like you, you, these characters aren't going to be gone for too long. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's like of he, course Batman's not going to die. Like come on, come yeah. on, people, come on. I I I was actually <laughs> genuinely like happy in the first time i saw dark Knight yeah. rises i was like he didn't die you know yeah. I, mean, I, was, I, mean, I mean of course i was i was weeping like a baby five minutes earlier but you know mm-hmm. that's uh that's well, <laughs> all right i was like of course not though of course he fixed the autopilot of course he of course he fixed the autopilot what's wrong with you yeah, <laughs> like what the, you know, duh. He's freaking Batman. <laughs> Batman's gonna fly with a bomb and on his jet for no reason. <laughs> so you know, he's like, he might be crazy, but he's not stupid. So, <laughs> um, uh, Zeddy, this has been such a blast. Uh, I'm, I'm glad we got to, I'm glad we got to sit down and talk about this issue because uh, it's, as far as what ifs go, it's, you know, it's, it's one of my favorites. It's, it's such, you know, it's, it's one. You know, it's a, it's an easy read, like you said. You could just pick it up, dig into it, and move on with your day. But um, but it's it's just these stories. You know, they're just supposed to be like fun. Like, hey, wouldn't this be kind of cool? And and to me, it's like, yeah, this was cool. I dug it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I would say fun. Fun's the right word uh, to use too, right? Especially like like you know these what if stories. They are kind of supposed to be a little more more fun and innovative, mm-hmm. um, creative too. Like they are. It's supposed to be a, a different avenue to tell 
uh, stories with the characters we love. I mean, I think what what makes them great is that they are what ifs. Like you know, it's yeah. like you don't really have to appreciate it. Maybe maybe you can, maybe maybe you won't. Um, but I've kind of just found myself, especially like as I've gotten older with comic book reading, and it kind of starts to get less and less, which, which, which I may not you know like, but that's life sometimes. Sure. Um, is that I can appreciate that I can just pick up a random book of you know what if Peter Parker became the Punisher. And it kind of fills that comic book void still in the end. And, and I've kind of started to appreciate more of these Elseworld stakes on these characters while I may be more of a traditionalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I don't always go to. I can still appreciate um, di- different ways of telling stories of the characters that I love. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it just makes it that much, you know, that much more interesting. Uh, and it's just, it's just like you said, it, you know, it's it's fun, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, just, just spend a few, just spend like, you know, 10, 15 minutes in this in this universe and go, okay, you know, now I can move on to back to the regular stuff because I want to see Peter still be the hero. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Zeddy, uh, if people are out there in the interwebs uh, and they're looking for you, where can they find you? Oh, I'm not very hard to find, and that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd at Nick Zednik. Um, I do want to also plug the show that I co-host, which is called uh, Vigilante 1939, where as of this recording, we would have passed our 200th episode. Uh, so I do want to also say thank you to JJ as well, who has always been an active, uh, just supporter, great friend, and just listener as well. So thank you, sir, uh, for all the support that you've given us through our 200th one as well. Um, it is the holidays here again as of this recording. So I do want to also wish everybody a very happy holidays and a very happy new year as well. Uh, well said, sir. And uh, I, you know, I love your show. Um, I, you know, you, you know, you and, um uh, you know, uh, we'll call him uh, Papa Webs as he is over on the, <laughs> uh, or Daddy Bats, you know, uh, Mr. C and uh, you, uh, Mr. C, you and Nico, you know, um, I'm, I'm more than happy to have been, uh, uh, to become friends with you guys and just support your show, you support my shows, I, I, I appreciate it. Um, and um, uh, of course, of course. Uh, and as for me, you can find me at Spider-Man Books on Twitter, um, you can email me spidermanbookclub at gmail.com. You can also follow my personal account, which is at four comic junkies. That's F O R comic junkies. Uh, Zeddy has been on uh, the uh, four comic junkies podcast many times. Uh, we've always had a great conversation, including today. I love yes. the, uh, so, so I hope great. so. <laughs> I, you know, it, this the past you know, 50, you know, 55 <laughs> minutes have just flown by. I know. With a, Couple of hiccups here and there, but be like, this conversation sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would never, I would never, I would never say that about you. Uh, but there's, there's been, there's been one or two that you know, no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, you know, thanks, thanks so much for listening, folks. Yeah. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please write a review, subscribe, get those buds and ears, and with great power, mo- there must come great responsibility. As always, Excelsior.